Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Apex Mountain. My name is Jacob Lindgren, and this is a solo episode this week. Uh, first thing I got to do is apologize for putting this out a day late. Um, I had a couple uh, co-hosts I wanted to do this with that kind of fell through plans-wise, and it's been a crazy week for me. I had to get it out as soon as I could, um, but unfortunately, it's Tuesday instead of the normal Monday, so please bear with me. Also, Tanner is uh, coming back home, traveling this week, uh, stuff to do with his family, he is extremely busy, and I knew he wasn't going to be on this pod this week, and I still got it out a day late. So nothing to do with him. It has to do with me being uh, uh, too dang busy. But we're going to get through that and do a fun movie this week called Law Abiding Citizen. Hi. Yeah. Hear that? Go wash out for dinner, pumpkinhead. Okay, I got it. Get out of here. What are you doing? Come on! The Shelton case, where are we? Let's make the deal. They killed a little girl, Nate. Some justice is better than no justice at all. You need to tell the husband. No, I don't understand. The jury's gonna believe me. The deal is done. I'm sorry. This is just how the justice system works. your friend Ames in prison, but I wanted to keep you all for myself. Did you murder Clarence Darby? He killed my wife and child. You and whoever else you have helping you are gonna pay. Now you're the one who makes deals with murderers, yeah? So I've come to make mine. Release me or what? Or I kill everyone. We have him locked up and he's still killing people? We're gonna lock the city down, put an armed cop on every corner. He's in jail because he wants to be in jail. I'm gonna bring the whole system down on your head. It's gotta be biblical. And you will end this. I'm just getting warmed up. Um, I'm sure if you've clicked on this episode that you've seen it before. Hilariously funny movie to uh, go back to. It's pretty dang silly um, in a lot of ways that I'll kind of briefly get into. Probably be a short episode, but I picked Gerard Butler because we haven't done him yet. He's really fun. I'm interested to see what Tanner will pick next week. Maybe we'll do like, you know, uh, 300 is kind of my guess, but I'll leave that up to him. But um, when I think of him, for some reason, I think of this movie. I think it's because my wife loves this movie. Um, it kind of came out at an impressionable age for us. And it's kind of one of those few movies that it's pretty cut and dry. The guy that you're supposed to like, you like even through his genocide. Um, and then the people we're not supposed to like are smug, arrogant bureaucrats. And who doesn't uh, hate a smug bureaucrat? So no big deal there. Um, Jamie Foxx is in this. I don't know if he's used to the best of his ability. Um, he's very interesting. He's very uh, uh, good in parts, but I don't know if he's the best cast for Nick Rice as uh, the person Gerard Butler is going up against. And uh, not to step on IMDb trivia, but Jamie Foxx was actually supposed to be Clyde Shelton in this movie, which is Gerard Butler's person. Um, so I don't know. I guess I'm kind of asking the audience. I'll ask Tanner um, next week, but what do you guys think about Jamie and Gerard Butler switching spots in this movie? Um, it might actually be a better movie. Um, Gerard Butler is amazing as like 
this dead-eyed, revenge-seeking uh, missile. Uh, I, I think he's really good in it. I have no complaints. But I think Jamie Foxx is really subdued and kind of miscast for the movie. But if you switch him, I think Jamie Foxx could definitely uh, fill the Clyde role. And I feel like Gerard Butler could be an intense pseudo-attorney slash detective slash whatever Jamie Foxx's character is supposed to be in this Um I think it could work. I think it could work uh, with them switching roles. So I guess keep that in mind next time you watch it. Would it be better switched? My vote is yes. Um, there's some other people that are in this movie. Uh, Regina Hall, very famous by this point. She's made several of the scary movies in that franchise. Uh, she's come up over and over again as just being plainly hilarious. I, I love her. I've grown up with her in my comedies. Um, and I'll, I'll, I mean, I appreciate anytime I see her in it, it's always a good thing. Um, and then, uh, not as well known at the time, uh, Viola Davis, who's now an EGOT winner. So now she couldn't be more famous, but, um, at the time she, she was in this movie. I don't think she was quite as big of a deal. So she's actually kind of surprising to see in it, uh, when you come back to it. So, um, very interesting cast, the ultimate, that guy, Bruce McGill, he's great in it as well. Um, I, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's I think it's just plain silly. I, I don't know what my favorite part is. I always think about the century gun that's in the uh, cemetery uh, tearing things up. Uh, that's always really funny to me. The bomb that's like kind of James Bond 007, almost impossible uh, to to steal. Yet somehow they managed to sneak it in the cell without Jared Butler noticing. That was funny. The symbolism, if you will, because it's pretty thumped over your head of him like dying through in his own hell that he's created on this vengeance run that he's doing with that bomb exploding underneath his seat it's kind of slapstick almost it's so blunt and obvious but in that slow motion shot where you see the whole room get engulfed it's actually pretty effective it's probably the best shot of the movie where you just watch him just be totally succumb to it and accepting towards it and almost welcoming it almost in a way i think really um, thankful that jamie fox did that for him because otherwise I don't know what his end game is. I guess just uh, you know rotten uh, penitentiary. But um, he does seem to have that kind of characteristic of a you know suicide by cop kind of kind of killer. But him already being in prison, it's hard to imagine a world in which his life goes on after these events. So um, it's kind of interesting that the movie switch gears and you know put the bomb in his room kind of thing. But um, I don't really know any other way that they would do it. To be completely honest with you, so I think that makes enough sense. I don't know. I think I might be in the negative. I might be in the minority with the Jamie Foxx uh, opinion. I think he's a lot of fun in most of his movies and the energy, you know, kind of the spark plug in most of his movies. And he's lacking that in this. He's not normally a bad guy like he is in this. Maybe I'm just not used to seeing him that way. That's why I'm negative towards him. But I don't think it's the best use of his skill set, you know. And he's been in such great movies around this time and after this time that I just feel like we've seen him do so much better that. I just don't feel like he's really used used properly in this. And I would wonder what he thinks because he was given, like I said, he was given Clyde's position and then Gerard Butler said that he wanted it and wanted to switch. And then Jamie Foxx is a big fan of Gerard Butler, so he agreed. And I wonder if that was him agreeing just because he really appreciates him, likes him, respects him, and feels like that truly was a switch that made sense. Or if he switched with him because he felt kind of like his arm was being twisted and whatever, this isn't exactly a blockbuster movie or anything, fine, we'll switch. Um, I don't know. I'd be interested to see what he thinks about that. 
the uh, director that's for this is F. Gary Gray, which I don't know a whole lot about. But what's interesting is the director for this movie was almost the guy who did Shawshank, which I think this movie really could have benefited from. This movie is very fun, action-packed, classic of its era. Just let's blow shit up for two hours and have a good time. Um, and I think what it misses is a little bit of that human element. And you can make an argument on both sides of that. One side is, let's not overcomplicate this really fun movie. Who gives a shit about really understanding more than the baseline uh, motive of our character? But on the other hand, I mean, Shawshank was an amazing prison movie that was almost uh, directed to perfection. And this movie, I feel like in certain times, definitely could have used that. So, I don't know. Again, I guess that's just up for uh, the perspective of the viewer, but... I think it's pretty hard to argue that this movie wouldn't have been really, really good uh, with a slightly more uh, sophisticated directing style. So, um, again, let me know what you guys think about that. I've never seen a movie. I don't think that there's been this big of a disparity in the ratings of a movie that we've done to date. But the IMDb rating for this is a 7.4. A lot of people really enjoyed it as a popcorn movie. It's obviously silly, and they're okay with that. But the Metascore is a 34, and that's actually an improvement. I think a few years ago it was even a 25. So I think there's maybe you know some revisionist history to try to bump this a little bit. But the reviews are comical on this. I mean, people really love to beat the hell out of this movie. And they called it torture porn. They called it uh, a shitty Saw remake. Um, they called the surprise climax of the movie, the twist, if you will, as eye-rollingly stupid. Um, Rolling Stone, Village Voice, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, AV Club, Boston Globe, etc., etc., all really fucking hated this movie. That being said, maybe the funniest thing about this is our guy, Roger Ebert. He gave it a 3 out of 4 stars, 75%, and he said one of those movies you like more, uh, more at the time than in retrospect. And I totally understand that. When you're when you're in the motions of the movie, you're really enjoying it, and you kind of give yourself to it, you know, like a John Wick or something like that. You just give yourself over to it. And then as you spend a little bit of time away from it, you're like, that movie is really fucking dumb. <laughs> and uh, I think that's totally fair. I think if somebody said that this was the worst movie they ever saw, that is totally fair. I don't agree with it. I think it's fun. I'll probably watch it again this year with my wife. But um, it is definitely uh, blatantly bad and numbing to the senses at times so uh, i can totally understand that but it is funny to see him give a three out of four stars because he doesn't do it for everything he shocks me and tanner a lot with his opinions of some movies and it sounds like he understood the prescription of this movie like this is an hour and a 45 minutes of fun michael bay-esque kind of action a little torture porny at times but um supposed to kind of keep you on the edge of your seat and I think he went in with the right attitude. The attitude I feel like people should go in with this movie. And he enjoyed it for the most part. I appreciate that. He probably never watched it again, and I don't blame him. Um, let's think about our other uh, sections here. So name, law-abiding citizen. I think it's a perfect name. Um, it's a little silly. It's really over the top. And it tells you everything you need to know about this movie. Um, it wraps up the plot almost in three words. So that's kind of his whole point. Um, and it reminds me almost of his little court scene right at the beginning where he gives this half-assed reasoning in an old, in an old court case on why they should just let him go home. And he, and he kind of woos the, the uh, judge into letting him go. And then she gives into him and he's like, that's the dumbest fucking thing you've ever done, blah, blah, blah. And really lays into her. And then he gets contempt of court 
And uh, it's really funny because this whole movie is like that, where it's basically like the establishment is fucked. It's all about accolades and money, and the people who are truly good people get screwed. And uh, Jared, Gerard Butler is that person. So I don't know. It, it's very well laid out in just the title. So I think it's the perfect title. As far as the poster goes, give me a break. It freaking sucks. It's just a black and white image of Jamie Foxx and Gerard Butler looking opposite directions. Uh, Gerard Butler's background is red because he bad, and Jamie Foxx is white because he conflicted. So it's very simple, very boring. I do not like it at all. Um, throw the throw the cemetery tank on there. Throw the bomb on there. Throw something on there that's interesting that kind of gets me interested and gets me thinking about the movie. The cover does nothing for that. It almost tells you it's a B movie just by the uh, poster alone. So. Um, I think they, they could have done definitely better than that. They reined it in and they deserve a bad grade. So I'm going to go with bad. I'm going to go with bad on that. Mandatory court scene. Uh, add, add a court scene, sorry. That has already happened many times in this. So I don't need to add one because there was plenty already. Um, I guess you could add one more if you wanted. I think, <laughs> I think the movie already probably has one too many. So I'm going to go with no on that. My rating of this movie. Let's think about that. For a moment here. My opinion on this movie, I think I'm going to go with a 6.2. It's pretty unaggressively bad. Um, it, you know, it's mediocre. It's pretty silly. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and it has really high moments. It has very memorable moments. And that's all you're really looking for with a movie like this. I mean, we did similar movies like Taken and stuff like that where um, overall pretty mediocre movie, but there's some highlights that you remember and you'll talk about. So I think 6.2. Um, acting ability. We're here for Gerard Butler, so I'm going to give this a higher score with a uh, 6.4. I think he does a really decent job in it. It's not going to be the movie that he's necessarily remembered for, but he's really putting it all out there and really acting his ass off, probably overacting, really. And uh, because of that, I will give him a 6.4. But if, the, if this was for really anybody else, it would be way less because I don't. I feel like he is absolutely dragging this movie to the finish line. So rewatchability. Um, I think I'm going to go with a 5.8. I have rewatched this movie a lot of times growing up, uh, but as my tastes have gotten better, frankly, with movies um, and with this podcast taking a lot of my screen time towards effortful watching instead of effortless watching, um, I watch this movie less and less, and I don't regret that or miss it. So it's a fun movie. I don't care if I watch it again. I will sit down and finish a scene, but I'm not throwing it on next week by any means. So I'm going to go with a 5.8. So that comes out to doing some quick maths in my head here. Something like 6.1, which is uh, pretty on par with how this movie should be treated. I think it's in pretty decent company, too, for being a flawed movie. It's surrounded by other flawed but pretty decent movies. Um, It is tied with The Untouchables, which is that Kevin Costner movie that I really didn't enjoy, but I really enjoyed our conversation. Gettysburg, we bring that up all the time because it's four and a half hours long, and I can't believe we all watched that. Um, Cheaper by the Dozen, great family movie, but reined in a little bit. And Year One, uh, a comedy that I grew up on, really enjoy. I know uh, one uh, listener in particular also gave Tanner a hard time about his opinion of it. And uh, I think that's a good collection of flawed but ultimately fun and rewatchable movies. It is point one below Gravity, Sin City, and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. A very strange uh, selection of movies there. And it is 0.2 above Kingpin. So that's kind of the zone that we're in uh, there. 
overall, I had a really good enjoyment with that movie. It's kind of nostalgic to me. Um, I'm sure half the people listening to this hated this movie, and I totally understand that. So uh, uh, no big deal there. Actually, email us in about your opinion of this movie. I would be very curious to know, um, uh, you know, different perspectives of this movie. I, I really, I really like it, but, uh, you know, it's not for everybody. All right, that is the show. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Apex Mountain Podcast. Uh, check us out on Gmail at uh, Apex Mountain Pod at gmail.com. That is the best way to reach us. We will read anything that we receive. We really appreciate the feedback and the uh, recommendations. Um, every time that we've gotten a recommendation through email, we have went with it. We've had a lot of fun with it. We've watched people outside of our comfort zone, and we, and we absolutely love that. So please reach out to it that way. Also, we have a Patreon. We have at least 30 videos or 30 uh, podcast episodes on there that are not regular episodes, mostly about D- or Marvel. Um, we've got some Harry Potter and some stuff like that on there as well. Um, and if you can't afford it, I know times are tough right now. Um, if you want to check it out, uh, just let me know. I'll uh, bump the cost for you, and you can uh, check it out. So, uh, yeah, just be sure to reach out to us. That's what we really want is to build a community. So um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your patience, and I will have Tanner with me next week. See you guys then. Bye.